0: I gave someone else the power to influence what I thought I was worth and that was my biggest mistake.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast The Bolt Tackle. We are your hosts Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport,
0: highlight the women's football industry
1: and speak about the unspoken
0: if you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us in our journey and listen in
1: to The Bowl Tackle. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, The Bowl Tackle. Sophie, lovely to have you here again. Just tell me quickly, what's the weather like in the UK because it's been so grey over here in Germany?
0: Well I'm looking out the window now and actually the sun is shining but let me tell you it's been absolutely horrendous. It feels like it's November time.
1: It's not as cold as November over here but it's been raining constantly. I haven't been out in the garden for probably three or four weeks to water any of the plants and I have loads of zucchinis in my fridge. It's incredible. I don't know what else to eat with zucchinis to be perfectly honest.
0: I'm absolutely dying over here because Our listeners probably did not expect that. You're an engaged and uh, motivated gardener over there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: People
0: probably now understand where I got it from.
1: That's the other side.
0: Yeah, I remember when I came over and uh, stayed over at yours over um, summer, you went out at about six o'clock every morning to water your stupid strawberries. You even got into an argument with your partner about a stupid cucumber. Stupid! I couldn't believe stupid it. Stupid
1: strawberries. <laughs> I know who's not having anything from my garden and the next time she comes over. Oh,
0: by the time I'm back, it's Christmas, Ollie, so <laughs> There won't be any strawberries, let me tell you. Very
1: true. So um, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a difficult um, episode this time. You had a grey spell Uh, which you mentioned in one of your previous episodes which I'd like to talk to you about today uh, which was at Reading. Would you be okay to highlight this today?
0: Yeah of course I think we always speak about honesty and um, I guess self-awareness and let me tell you I've done a lot of self-reflecting so um, I'm very happy to speak about this.
1: Great Um, then let's kick off with with a start because you were at Reading for how many years? Two. Was it a hard, tough time constantly or did something happen that made you fall into this hole?
0: Um, I wouldn't say I was constantly miserable and it was a constantly horrendous time. Um, but the two years as a whole weren't great. Obviously, there were times where I guess I was doing better and, and there were times that I, I wasn't doing as, as well, as great as I wanted to. Um I mentioned last time the injury didn't help. Um, it was my first big injury. I was now away from home as much as I'd obviously been away from home. I think at that point it was about 10 years already, roughly.
1: How old were um, you then?
0: Um, 23,
1: 24. So it might have still even been something with your age.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, and as I said, there's been a lot of self reflection so I, I've... I've almost come up with a toolkit how to deal with these situations, but I'll I'll go and get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, the injury didn't help. I think what also didn't help was I hadn't set up a social network outside of football, which I now have realized is absolutely crucial. Um, but I think one of the the biggest and silent mental struggles we deal with in football is rejection. And the job we do, rejection is hard enough anyways. If you're not selected to play, you're disappointed. You at times potentially blame yourself. It is something you have to learn with. And we all go through at at some stage throughout the career. Um, And as I said, that is hard enough. But when you now add being ignored and being made to feel irrelevant, that when it hits a completely new level.
1: Do you think they do it on purpose because obviously I played football not at the level you did I think I've covered this quite often maybe I should shut up about it but I had this type of rejection as well when it was when you're injured and um, you do feel like you're ignored but do you think the coaches and the staff do it on purpose? Don't you think their focus just switches?
0: I think when you're injured you automatically you're not a priority anymore which is. just which is completely normal. And you have to learn to deal with that. Um, you should always be your own priority. But in that moment, you can't serve the team anymore. And that is fine. The rejection I'm talking about is when you're fully fit and you're pretty much disregarded. And you saying, um, do they do that on purpose? Interestingly, over summer, I had quite a few chats with dad about it. Um, Cause you know, dad loves these conversations as well. Mm. It was actually quite cute yesterday when we were chatting. He called these mealtime conversations, which I thought was really cute. We, we always call them dinnertime chats or dinnertime discussions. It was actually really cute. He called them <laughs> mealtime <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Shout out to dad. Anyways, um, we'd been spoken about that. And, and I asked the same question. And dad gets quite, um, I'd almost say passively aggressive about it because you know how dads are. How can you do that to my daughter? The fact that I'm now in a completely different place and, and I've, as I said, acquired a toolkit, Dad almost can't let go. And I had to have a word with Dad and said, Dad, I've let go, you need to let go as well. Anyways, back to the topic. He sent me a quote, which I think is quite not a quote, sorry, a definition, which is quite um telling. And it says, ignore implies a failure to regard something obvious. So if you ignore, you are doing something, um, you are shying away from something obvious. So almost, it is on purpose, yes. I think the whole injury aspect, that's two different things. Um, I will talk about injuries in a bit, but the disregarding the rejection on the pitch when you are fully fit, um, is something we all deal with. The ignoring for me, is what's done on purpose because we're shying away from that leadership.
1: Um, I think it's a very interesting definition, which I didn't know before either. Don't you think that we as a family, now we're talking about you and the rejection uh, you had, um, don't you think we are biased? Don't you think a lot of the times when people talk about the coach ignoring someone, it's the self-reflection which is missing as well?
0: Um, At times, yes. Um, I think... I'm thinking back to my situation and, and trying to relate what we're discussing to my situation. Um, yes, of course, you yourself always think you should be—you um, should always think you, sh- you should be on the pitch. Why are you playing otherwise? I think. Mm. And when you when you're not put in the starting eleven, you should be disappointed. I've never met anyone or come across anyone that is not disappointed, and you should be, and you're allowed to be. Obviously, there's a time and place for it, and when it comes to game day or, or match day minus one, you have to be in full support of the team. However, I think what my biggest learnings are, first of all, this ignoring is almost the worst feeling. Whatever it is, I can deal with it. But not knowing and not being spoken to is, first of all, a lack of leadership, but is the worst thing to deal with. The worst thing everyone deals with is the unknown, I think, the uncertainty.
1: Very good point here as well, because I can relate this to business. And this is about communication when communication is missing, then that's where the hole is because you don't know where you stand. um, And this can be um, displayed on any parts of life. Communication is so important. And when you do shy away from these conversations and when you do ignore it, that's when you start falling into a real hole because you don't know where to start, where to work on yourself, what to improve to get back on this pitch in the starting 11.
0: Yeah, 100%. And... As you said, this lack of communication and, and I call it lack of leadership didn't only happen at Reading. It happened at other clubs as well. I experienced it in my first year, year and a half at Reading. Um, I, I was now in a different place. I'd I'd learnt from... I'd learnt my lessons, I guess, um, because when I do my self-reflecting and I'm grinning at myself because all my friends that will be listening will probably roll their eyes and, I, yeah, so I've self-reflected again. But um, I... I get, got to Reading and um, I this was the first time where I had to do, deal with long-term rejection, I guess. Um,
1: How long was it that you didn't get picked?
0: Um, it was, as I said, it was like a spell of up and down, up and down, but at the beginning I, yeah, I played, I was even put in, in different positions. Um, I was then a holding mid and then when injuries or injured players came back, I was dropped just like that, without explanation. Um, And I think that that was a difficult part without explanation. The dropping part is not the bad part. Like, it's part of football.
1: Self-reflecting to yourself, did you play well, though? Do you think you should have not been dropped?
0: Yeah, I don't think I should have been dropped. Um, But I also believe dropping is, like, being dropped is fine. Because I might not suit the style of play or something, or I might not do what they want me to do. But give me an explanation, Mm. you know?
1: You talked about this communication uh, problem um, uh, about the clubs you were at. Do you think that is something the clubs could change to get a communicator in who is able? Because we're not allowed to forget, you're talking about a coach here whose job um, is to work on a team tactically, to to get the style of play in, to get the style of football play, um, in. And as we know, in our industry, the fund managers who manage the portfolios are not always the best communicators. They know how to do their job, but it's very difficult to speak to people for them. Do you think there's like a, a co-head missing who can be this communicator, who can explain what actually happened and why you were dropped, if there is a reason?
0: Should there... Should that not be the job of the manager, that people's person, that people's manager? Um, I think we spoke about it in a previous episode. We're completely missing that part of the coach education, the manager education. Um, and I'll say this again. If anyone that's listening disagrees or has a different um, experience, please get in touch. Um, because I'd love to know about But that. that is something we are missing. And I think... We we have this in in business, don't we? You've got someone that does a great job, so now they're getting promoted. In the next couple of years, again they're doing a great job. They're hitting all the targets, uh, the company objectives. They get a promotion, and now suddenly they're in a management role where they're managing people. Well, they've never learned to manage people. They've learned how to do their job and how to acquire their skills. They haven't learned how to people manage, and suddenly they'll crumble.
1: And if that is their job and they know they can't do it, then they need to do something about it. Either they, they need to learn themselves or they need to get someone into the team to be able to do it. I think it's not an excuse to not have this communication uh, or shy away from the communication just because you can't do it as a person.
0: Exactly. If you haven't learned how to and communicate communication or communicate in the right way, I guess, Um it's a skill that has to be learned has to be taught if you don't have that skill that's okay it's not it's not you shouldn't be ashamed of that, but the club should support you or the company should support you to get that help support to to improve that skill and but this is also a part of I guess um, l- growing and, and leading be okay to say actually that's something I'm not good at, I need support um be confident in what you are good at hundred percent
1: development and growth as as a person and and seeing self-reflecting as a manager in, in that case um we're talking a exactly. bit broad now and i'd like to get to you as a person because then we can really talk about examples and go into the specific because you had this spell where you were being rejected where, where you had your injury uh, and you needed to work on yourself what was the first steps you took to work on maybe yourself and when do you do hit that point where you said oh I need help from the outside. I
0: think the first step was getting away. I needed to put my, my mental stability and emotional stability first. And that was the bold move to go to, to Leicester at that point. Um, and I think I quickly then realised how my time at Reading had also impacted my game. Um, I had a, I had developed a fear of failure, a fear of making mistakes and as you know that completely inhibits the way you play and the way I, I want to play. Um, so I had to seek help and um, I got in touch with, with someone that is a mental coach and that was completely separate from football, that was completely separate from club, uh, the club had nothing to do with that and I I went and and found help.
1: This was not a psychologist, was it? It was just a mental coach to get your mind sorted, right?
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't about well-being in that sense. It was more a, a mental coach, a perform- performance mental coach, yes.
1: And just to jump back a minute why did you because it was very unusual for you to um, get away from a situation or run away from a situation because normally you're a person who fights works hard fights 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 until she gets what she wants and then you make that move for your next step in this part you got away from the situation what was the trigger point to not continue fighting did you see no chance in changing the situation
0: I had fought for two years without any change. It, When I talk about the better spells, it was usually because someone got injured. And that is me um, being very open about how I felt, I guess, and how what the situation was like. I was only on the pitch, I could do what I want, because I was only on the pitch when someone got injured. And I had, I guess it sounds horrible, but a few fortunate spells where people got injured... A little bit longer. So I was on the pitch a little bit longer. But every time an injured person had returned and hadn't collected match minutes or hadn't fought their way back in the team, and this is nothing against the individuals because they're all very good football players, but I was dropped again. And when this cycle repeats itself, you have to almost admit that this is a lost battle. This is, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I, I'd gone through spells of rejection before, but there were always there was always either communication or where you're fighting back, or I'd almost come up with a plan of action with the coaches, and it was all fine. But when it when you're in the dark, and that is emotionally, but also, also with not knowing why and what's going on, kind of thing. I mean, towards the end, I pretty much figured out what's going on. I would never play as uh, if everyone was was fit. I would, I just simply wouldn't play, and then I had to. It's not for me. It's not running away. away. For me, it's finally admitting that. Do you know what? There's there is no fighting left here.
1: Um, I would also like to talk about the team just for one second here, because uh, a football team is a bit like a family, and the siblings part that. You always fight against each other because you always want this spot or you always want the attention from the parents, which is totally normal. But in hard times, you do stick together. Did you get that feedback from the team as well, that they didn't know why you were not playing?
0: I got kind of the comments of, we don't understand either, Hmm. which I guess is nice to hear. At the same time, it doesn't help your situation. I'd almost prefer someone saying, yeah, because you were shit. Yeah. It's a bit and of a useless like, right. comment,
1: isn't it? I, well, we don't understand. Do you know what? You stay in the dark?
0: Yeah, because you know what? It, it was um, meant really well. Um, yeah, it just didn't help.
1: So you seeked out your mental coach. Talk us through that a little bit. What did he do? Where did he start? How did you he get sofed back?
0: Um, it was a, how did I get to this situation? So... I had to tell him um, why I think I needed support, why what I'm expecting from him, and that was to get the old self back, um, and to find ways of laying off what had been ingrained in me during my time at Reading. And this, unfortunately, was this developed feeling of fear of failure, fear of making mistakes. So I wanted my freedom back. Um, and the processes we went through, uh, there were a lot of different ones, but... It was, it was almost opening the, these barriers. I'm, I'm trying to kind of explain it non-scientific, but open these barriers to your unconscious mind, where all this trauma, I guess I call it, is stored, to then address it and deal with it.
1: I have a grin on my face, Paul. it sounds a bit like hocus pocus for me. Could you give an? Could you give an <laughs> example? Because it's really difficult to. So you see. Uh, family members and friends all around you and they have these traumas from all different stages in their life and for them it's very very hard to let go if they ever manage to let go um, and you here t- managed in a couple of months to let go of your fear of failure which some people never get rid of what did he actually do to do it? Can you give us examples?
0: Yeah let me correct you real quick I worked with this guy for two years ah. so for the whole of two years yeah The whole of two years i worked with rich um yeah and it did did wonders in a sense of my development um i was fully aware that it wasn't a a box ticked as soon as i sought help it was hard work and i was always going to go back into this this fear of making mistakes and i just had to then yeah um build my toolkit to get out of it um a big big thing we worked on was language from you know, when you make a mistake in the game, instead of dwelling on it and being, oh, Sophie, idiot, it was now, do not matter. Like, let it go, you'll get a ball, the ball again. Or at least make sure you show show for the ball again so you, you get another chance to play well.
1: But is not, is not caring the, the wrong reaction <laughs> to give? Because you should be caring that you lost the ball.
0: Yeah, and I did. I cared too much. I forgot that I would get another chance. And this, this language, like, we laugh about it because it actually... If I see that to you now you're like oh I didn't you didn't need a coach for that I could have told you <laughs> well yeah 100 100 but this was a two-year process of every session I wrote notes and I told him what I did well and what I needed to work on for the next session because we reworded it from what I didn't do well to what I needed to work on or what my focus was to do well next session and this went for two years every single session um, so that was the basics the foundation of this change in this language And then it was about, um, we often envisioned, and it had a lot to do with um, visualisation. So it it was a lot about imagining (laughs) your best performance yet, your best performance you've ever had, or you could even go further than that. And to get these pictures and this feeling into you, to then take that onto the pitch, that's also something we worked on.
1: And this is the whole time, or is that especially before training or before a match or...?
0: Um, so these are mainly the things we did during our sessions and then I had recordings where basically what we did in the sessions uh, we recorded and I could listen to these before big games or games in general or even sessions if if I wasn't feeling mentally ready Um, so as much as these processes were only actively worked on during the sessions I had access to them and used them at all times when I felt I needed them because even even post now there's still spells where I probably feel I guess I am more confident I am less confident I am talking to myself in a better way or a worse way um so I'll need them again and I'm fully aware of that but just right now I I feel in a great place having worked through these two years that I kind of I would not know what because I'm not the expert but I would know what helps me
1: So is it a change of mind? Is it a a change of thinking that you need to develop to, to get to the stage where you are now?
0: Yes, 100%. I think changing that mindset the way I think is what got me to this point. And I needed help from Rich to get to this point. And I'd like to talk about my time at Reading just real quick again, because I also play a part in this. And this comes from me thinking about why did it go so wrong? And I say wrong is because I've never changed as a person as much as I did at Reading. And that is not me. But I was so desperate to just fit in. And also, I was seeking validation. And what I mean there is, I made the mistake of allowing someone else to dictate my worth and also to influence and affect i saw myself i gave someone else the power to influence what i thought i was worth and that was my biggest mistake because that's where all this i guess insecurity at times but also this um this downward downward spiral of it affected my performance, it affected my life, this is where it came from, and this is my biggest lesson from my time at Reading, and do you know what, it it was an awful time, and I'll admit that, but I'm almost glad that I had to go through this, because that is a huge lesson learned, and I'm, I'm a lifetime ahead of all of this now, but someone else might have to go through something similar, or s- somebody's at the beginning of their career and do you know what you'll have to go through injuries and you'll probably have to go through rejection and probably being ignored but but if this helps one person to not kind of let themselves drop the way i did or doubting
1: themselves the way you did. Um, It's funny because this quote from Jurgen Klopp came to my mind. You were a believer when you started your career. All you wanted to do was play football. Everything else didn't really matter, the money and whatever. And you got into a situation where you were under pressure, where you were not playing, where you're doubting yourself, where you had a lack of confidence and you needed to change that. And remember when Klopp claimed to Liverpool, we have to go from doubters to believers. And this is maybe the process you had to go through to find back to your career and to find self and to find the love of football again
0: yeah, I think doubting yourself is is what really happened, and um that quote, yes, but also you know how you say if you don't believe in yourself, why should anyone else do oh, great that's something I learned that's something I learned my during my time at reading, and again, I don't wish this upon anyone else, but you know what if you have to go through that be glad that you get the opportunity to grow and learn from that.
1: And to come back stronger.
0: Exactly. And this mindset has only come through or over a spell of what's that, three years now, where I've been working on this. So don't think I've got all the answers. Not at all. I still make many, many mistakes in that regard. But at least I could see this as a lesson learnt and an opportunity to grow.
1: And how did that change your life in general as well because we talk about football a lot but we're not allowed to forget the person Sophie um, did that affect your life very much or was it I'm a I'm a doubter at football but as soon as I get home I know I'm loved and, and I'm all okay
0: now to then is very different now if something like that happens I can separate really well maybe the stage of my career I'm at but I think more importantly, I've created a life outside of football. I have friends that have nothing to do with football. I um, have a certain way of living that whether football goes well or not, I'm still me and I still do me. That was very different at Reading because, I think I've told you this before, I could not identify with the club and I could not not settle. At all times, I was under tension.
1: Why can you identify with the club? Because it wasn't the club's fault; um, it was the manager's fault in this case, wasn't it?
0: Yes, I think the manager and surrounding staff had a lot of power in the club mm, okay. on the women's side, and this might that might sound harsh, but unfortunately, I've experienced a couple of times that that people in power create their empire at the detriment of performance and that is not only what happened I think at Reading I've experienced it elsewhere as well and that is I say what kills me mm. is when performance doesn't matter anymore when
1: politics matters when people
0: wiggle their bay and yeah yeah thanks for helping me out here yeah, because I was getting like I, yeah I think sometimes unfortunately I think Managers sometimes pick people that are easily bent and that, that don't stand up for if something's not professional and if there's no integrity and then you're unfortunately missing out because mm. no one wants to hear about your shout for integrity.
1: I can hear your frustration in this. So maybe let's just jump back to this mental coach one last time because you gave us a basic in in changing language. But give us an example that was maybe mind-blowing or that you thought this cannot work, but it actually did.
0: Have you got someone that really annoys you, really gets under your skin a person? Yeah, of course I do. Okay, but obviously I'm not rich here so I can't do this but this is just an example so I had quite a few of them but that's also the mental state I was in I hope I so was I'll not so I take that upon myself I guess <laughs> no <laughs> trust me my family was not I'll talk about family and the, the power of family in a sec but imagine these people with a cartoon character voice I pick Mickey Mouse <laughs> yeah so next time they speak and they piss you off imagine that voice what are you going to do you smile at them yeah you can't help it you can't help but smile of them and this is just small little tricks how sometimes i got through the day i was sitting in meetings and i'm going away from reading now but i've, be- I've sat in meetings where most of the content in my eyes was absolute bs absolute bs I'm- this presentation was done two seconds before walking in the meeting but then instead of saying Guys, sorry, I messed up my time management. I didn't get this presentation. We'll move this to the next day. We tried to like cover it up and, and do this amazing presentation on game principles, whatever.
1: And we're talking about first league. Professional football. Professional football. We're talking about... It's not allowed to be.
0: It was meant to be professional. Mm. Again, people create this empire to cover themselves, you know, to not be held accountable. People that don't have that growth mindset are more worried about covering themselves and... And maintaining this power, then actually, do you know what? For me, it would be more powerful to say, "Guys, I made a mistake. Be vulnerable. Just own it. It doesn't matter. We are all human." But anyway,s I'm going to get frustrated again otherwise. But um, so this is when I had to had to turn this voice on because I could I can feel myself getting hot and like angry that this is not professional football. This is not what I signed up for. I am putting any everything of my life into this. And this is what I'm getting back, and that is where I needed my little Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can, I can understand your frustration <laughs> at this point. You mentioned family, and because we're getting the, uh, to the end of the yep. episode, maybe just talk about that quickly.
0: I, you, I'll, I'll change it. I'll go away from I. You all, and I mean my siblings mainly, because we've got Ollie, then myself and my twin, and my little brother. The four of us are, are really, really close. You all know that I'm not a big talker. We wonder where Ed got this from and he doesn't talk about his problems. Trust me, he's probably got it somewhere from me. Um, I'm the best advice giver. I don't ever take my own advice. So I'm a, you all know now I'm a, I'm a rubbish talker. My time at Reading had a massive toll on my family and I was so mentally exhausted that I didn't know where to turn but to bring my family and seeing how much it affected them. Because they could never ring me and say, Soph, how was your day today? What did you do? Or, oh, I saw you went away, blah, blah. How was it? It was, so are you doing okay? Um, Soph, what happened today? Almost. Do we need to be careful for an explosion? Do we need to be aware that you might be silent for five days? Because I'm dealing with my own struggles. Anyways, I realised, or realising, how much toll this had on my family. I unconsciously made this decision that if I have to go through something like that again I don't want them to suffer again it just increases a downward
1: spiral as well doesn't it
0: yeah yeah so I I kept everything beyond vetting to myself is that healthy? no it's not I'm fully aware of that as I said I still make mistakes but that was my way of now coping and protecting my family I over the years, I've just never shared with all you guys. You all know, and I'm going to put it out there, the last six months I've been seeking help and you guys didn't know, didn't even know that. You didn't know I was going to see a therapist. And for me, that was, yes, it almost hurt because I wanted to share it with you guys, but at the same time, that is how I protected myself. And for me, that's how I protected you guys from oversharing and and affecting your life again because you just had your baby you were creating a family I was more looking forward to getting pictures from you (laughs) and and your family than sharing what was going on Sam had just started a new job it was a massive opportunity I was so excited for for her I was not going to take that away from her and Ed had just Followed his dream, completely sacked off his uni and went to to learn to be a chef. Something he's wanted to do for so long. Why would I affect that by sharing my shit?
1: <laughs> and So this is something new to me as well, uh, dear listeners. So you're here this, as soon as I am as well. But um, to respond to this, uh, I think if there's one place you should turn to, no matter what stage in life they're at at, It's family. Um, And that's why I think it's important to find... So we've made this discussion um, publicly. And um, it's going to happen that we hear about stuff for the first time publicly. But I think if you should turn someone, it's family. Because that's the only one who understand. And the only one that will take time for you.
0: 100%. And I know I could have... And through my work with my therapist, I know I will. But I... I knew I could turn to you guys. You, you, would have never, you would have never turned me down. You would have just sat there and listened without trying to fix me or fix whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it was a way of protecting. I think it was a way of protecting myself. Um, and the hardest thing as well, we, we discussed the last, last season about the, the relegation battle. I spoke to dads when I went to dads again. Um, And when I went to Scotland to see mum, I spoke to both. And I I also said, why have I not known about all of this? There were things about something that happened at Sam's work. Mm. And I speak to Sam almost every day. Mm. Sam's my twin, everyone. (laughs) Um, I didn't know that Ed was going to edge the younger brother, (laughs) just before I drop all these names and no one knows. But I didn't know that Ed was planning on moving to Vienna. Like, I had no idea about this. So I turned to mum and dad and I said, almost, um, accusing them. And I said, why don't I know all about this? And, and Dad actually turned around and said, Sophie, you were so committed to making sure you were not getting relegated. You were so emotionally and mentally drained from the whole season for fighting, for battling, for not having any rest for a whole year, emotionally more than anything, that we all stayed away. So as much as I'm saying I should have spoke to you, I didn't even realise what this, this whole litigation battle. And by the way, this is not why I was speaking to a therapist. <laughs> um, football can be tough, but not that tough. Trust me. Um, that, yeah, I, I was I completely, I lost track of everything that was going on in your life. And that was a hard moment of realisation this is not what I want to be and who I want to be. It's
1: funny because you said you didn't want to be vulnerable and you shut down and you didn't talk to anyone. Uh, When we're talking about the manager, you said it's better to be vulnerable and to tell the truth uh, and to talk about it. So it's interesting how this self-reflection is always a little bit different to the outside. It's it's difficult to be honest with yourself. And I think um, because we're coming to the end of the episode, maybe this is something we should talk about in the future. Um, But to round this episode off let's jump back to your mental coach um, give us the best um, advice he gave you
0: challenge embrace challenges with open arms because challenge is an opportunity to grow that is the one big advice I got from Rich
1: thank you everyone for listening in and see you next time bye bye
0: bye everyone and bye Ollie. I'll see you next week